1: Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline right now, Ben Fennell, NFL Film Analyst at uh, the NFL Network. You can find him at Ben Fennell underscore NFL. Ben, how you been?
2: I'm doing fantastic here in middle December, as crazy as that is, and uh, always fun to reflect back on the games we saw over the weekend.
1: Well, let me ask you, we, we've got a lot of discussion about uh, Aaron Jones and what he means to this Green Bay Packers team, and he's changed agents and... You know, I know they're trying to figure out something, uh, a way to keep him involved. How important is, in your opinion, Aaron Jones to the offense of the Green Bay Packers?
2: Well, I think he's proven to be, obviously be a touchdown magnet, but he's a big play, you know, player in both the run game and the pass game. And not only his ability to, you know, be isolated in the pass game and make plays down the field and obviously get the yards when the plays are blocked perfectly, but the number of big plays this guy creates when things aren't perfect which I think is the number one factor of determining who's an elite back versus just a very good back. And week in and week out, he makes more yardage than the play is blocked for. You go right to that 75-yard touchdown last week against Philadelphia. They didn't block the middle linebacker, but it didn't matter. He can make players miss. He can play, make players miss in space with speed. He can make players miss with power and contact balance. Being a dual threat back, good in pass pro, he's as well rounded and as an explosive playmaker as there is in the NFL.
1: So, my question is: if you were to say, look at him compared to whomever you feel is the best back in the NFL, um, you know, how would you compare him? I don't want to say rank because that's that that gets a little unfair. But how just how would you compare him? Well, I think
2: he's comparable to an Alvin Kamara. Um, I think Dalvin Cook is a little bit more elite in the run game. I think Christian McCaffrey is a little bit more elite in the pass game. I really you know, kind of think he's a similar type of talent to Alvin Kamara and that he's pretty good in both phases of the game. He can run the ball between the tackles, perimeter back, going to do a lot of work in the pass game as well uh, through different levels of the defense. And all those backs in that 2017 class are starting to get paid like Cook and Joe Mixon and Dalvin Cook and um, uh, Christian McCaffrey. So, you know, Aaron Jones seems like he's next on that list. And it was just a matter of time for him to be featured like those other elite running backs around the NFL. And we've seen it the past two years, and he's proven to be, uh, you know, one of the most dangerous weapons in the league.
1: Another guy that's starting to emerge, we're seeing Marquez Valdez-Scantling, his best game coming out of Detroit. Six uh, targets, six catches, almost 100 yards, a touchdown touchdown. Uh, How much has his game developed just by looking at him on film?
2: Well, he's as consistently inconsistent as any player I've ever studied. And it's a roller coaster on a week-to-week basis. And, you know, it was great to see him make six catches on six targets and even generate a first down on a penalty. Now it's all about stacking performances for young players. You had a great game, a confidence-boosting game. Everybody still believes in you, especially the quarterback. Now start stacking these performances. And that's where Marquez valdez Gantley needs to clean up his game. He needs to be a more consistent player. He's proven to be that down-the-field guy. You know, he's let us down a little bit on the underneath stuff, whether it's drops or fumbles or timing and communication with the quarterback. Now that you had a great, clean game, start stacking these performances. Now you can do it back-to-back, three straight games. And now suddenly, you start to forget about some of those lapses.
1: What do you notice about Aaron Rodgers' game this season versus recent seasons? As opposed to, you know, I compare it the fluidity of the offense and the confidence with which he plays, and almost the ease with which he makes it look. I compare that to like what he was doing in 2011, putting up those you know historic numbers. You tell me what do you see different about Rodgers this season?
2: Well, he's obviously playing within the structure of the offense, which is a very well-designed offense. He's playing very rhythmically and on schedule. But the offense scheme is doing a lot of things to make it quarterback-friendly, which this offense wasn't very quarterback-friendly for the better part of a decade. Aaron Rodgers had to make amazing throws and you know really create a lot of plays out of structure. He had to be the superhero. And that's what my tongue-in-cheek comments of calling him an elite game manager right now aren't a negative let the offense move the ball down the field let the scheme uncover guys with bunches and stacks and all that pre-snap motion and all these schematic elements to make offense easier and to make the quarterback's job easier and that's what I've seen from Aaron Rodgers in 2020 I'm not seeing a guy that's wowing me with his play I'm seeing a guy that's playing incredibly efficient taking what the defense gives him and letting some of these playmakers do a lot of the dirty work and it looks like he's having a lot of fun doing it and I think it's a formula for Aaron Rodgers to play until he's 43, 44, 45 years old, because you see him playing, you know, pretty clean and upright on a week-to-week basis.
1: Talking with Ben Fennel from the NFL Network, NFL film analyst. Now I want to go to the defensive side of the football uh philosophically speaking there are times where fans just get irate. Why are you playing 11 yards mm-hmm. off a guy when they only need 6 on a third down and things like that? Why are you sticking and living and dying with nickel and dime when you're not putting beef up front? Why are you not running linebacker? I mean, can you tell philosophically what it is the and just from the outside looking in, you tell me what the Packers do, uh, do well and maybe not so well.
2: Well, what my disclaimer would be for fans is to come up with a formula before the game on what you want them to focus on. And that's what I've done with Mike Patton's defense the past few years. I want them to buckle down in the red zone, occasionally make those impact turnovers or plays uh, in the backfield on the quarterback getting sacks, and at the end of the day, try to get off the field and prevent the big plays over the top. But every scheme has a pro and con to it. There's no defense that eliminates everything, or I have news for you. Everybody would play that. So before a snap, you have to say, if you're playing zone coverage, these are the pros of, co- of zone, these are the cons. If you want to play press man, I got news for you. There's pros and cons to play press man as well. So we can't just be mad at the results all the time because, you know, offenses execute against the vulnerability of the defense. There's vulnerabilities in every defense. Now, Mike Patton's style is let's keep it in front of you, which is great. We've prevented the big plays, which really plagued this defense under the Dom Capers era. And, you know, they're buckling down in the red zone and hopefully getting into third and medium, third and long, and making enough plays in the backfield on the quarterback to get off the field. I think that's a sustainable formula. And when you look around the league in 2020, it's tough to play defense. There's shootouts every week, and if the Packers end up winning a game 45-41, a win is a win is a win. And that's kind of the nature of 2020 football. Outscore your opponent.
1: I guess the old adage of defense wins you championships, does that go by the wayside, or is it just de- defense sustains your <laughs> offense?
2: Well, I, if, if it does, I haven't seen it lately, and I'm going to need you to point me to a defense that's dominating and really uh, leading a team uh, you know, in the win column on the defensive side of the ball. I see prolific offenses being the, the generator of points and lighting up scoreboards and getting into these track meets. I don't think we have any... You know, Legion of Boom or, you know, those Baltimore Ravens dominant defenses holding opponents to 10, 15 points anymore. I think you're getting into these 30, 40 point shootouts and it may be a year, two, three years before defense can really buckle down and figure out how to stop this new age offense in the NFL.
1: I guess um, I wanted to ask you specifically about some of the young guys on the defense. I wanted to talk about Rashawn Gary, if you've had a chance to really focus on him and Kamal Martin and, and some of these younger guys on this defense. Do these look like promising prospects that uh, eventually will begin to fill the bill when it comes to uh, the Green Bay Packers defensively speaking?
2: Yeah, I think they have a couple of nice parts. I think Rashawn Gary's been playing really good football this year, just hasn't shown up in the stat sheet on the front side of the season. I think the past couple of weeks, he's really turned it on, started to make a couple more impact plays, particularly in the sack column, which gets fans excited and seemingly buys him a little bit more time to keep developing and a little bit more patience from the fan base, which you want production at a first round pick. It so just is what it is. And uh, I think we point to too many success stories and say, if he's doing it, why can't he do it? Not every player is like that. And I think we should point to Devonte Adams to say, a little bit of patience can go a long way and you never know what type of gem can produce out the back door. Kamal Martin is a really interesting player. He's playing super fast, which I haven't seen this type of explosive movement patterns in the middle of the Packers defense in probably ever. I don't know if I've ever seen that. However, he's hmm. almost playing too fast, a little too reckless, a little too out of control. He's missing some tackles in the backfield. He missed the big tackle on the punt return of Jalen Rieger last week against Philadelphia that led to a touchdown. But I would rather dial back the aggressive guy than try to get the passive guy to be more aggressive. So I like what he's put on tape so far. Just needs to slow down just a little bit, which I think is manageable uh, for the young linebacker. You know, but there's a lot of interesting players, and I think you just need a little bit of patience with some of the, some of these parts uh, out on the back end. It was really great to see seventh round pick Vernon Scott. Uh, get some reps in Raven Green's role, which I think is going to continue to build. And I think there's a lot of really nice, intriguing talent on this Packers defense.
1: Uh, you, you mentioned special teams. Uh, they've had some bugaboos over the last few weeks, giving up points <laughs> against Indianapolis, giving up points against Philadelphia, obviously uh, the long run back that they had against Detroit. Uh, one of those things that if you don't get fixed can really rear its ugly head when you talk about the postseason. Tell me what you're seeing uh, special teams-wise with this team right now that has been problematic.
2: Well, in a weird reflection, you know, I was studying Alabama over the weekend and there's a hundred guys on these college rosters, but senior receiver Heisman candidate, Devonte Smith. Yeah. He had the punt return touchdown. He also plays punt gunner. Oh yeah. Patrick Sertan is going to be a top 10 corner in this NFL draft. He sprung the big block on the punt return. So what my point is the Alabama Crimson tide, their best players play special teams. And there's plenty of five-star freshmen that are just dying to get on the field. But no, no, no. Senior receiver Devontae Smith plays special teams. And I just don't see that with the Packers on a week-to-week basis. It doesn't seem like their best players are always out there on those special teams units. That's Mm. where a lot of these back-end roster guys are getting called up the day before, whether it's, you know, Juwan Winfrey's or Daphne's or, you know, Henry Black's of the world. All those kind of fringe roster guys that get activated are now being hodgepodge on these coverage units. And if there's maybe a guy that isn't used to a role or doesn't have the, you know, communication or cohesion with the rest of the group, all of a sudden one lapse or vulnerability in your in your coverage lane on a punt or a kickoff can be a big return. So you know it's a it's a fine line because fans would obviously say, well, let's make sure we save Jair Alexander for defense until you give up some punt return touchdowns, and all of a sudden you want your big dogs out there. So. I'd like to see a little bit more veteran presence on some of those special teams units.
1: Ben, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. We're going to chat again soon for sure, okay?
2: Absolutely. Take care.
1: Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Ben Fennell joining us for a couple of minutes, giving us a little bit of the breakdown when it comes to the film, what's actually on film. When it, comes to, uh, when it comes to some of these things that we've discussed, he joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.